Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, let me just reciprocate. I think you're talking nonsense. <laughs> Episode 269 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host Jamie and I am joined by Stephen. Buzzing to be here guys, buzzing. Oh, it's not as warm as it usually is in the studio. Melly. Yes. Um, and before we do anything else, we have to promote our Patreon. Just want to say thank you to absolutely everyone who has joined us on YouTube. The response since we joined YouTube has been frankly ridiculous. Um, and we just want to let you guys know and anyone else listening about our Patreon. The reason you see us on YouTube here is because we are supported by our patrons patreon.com slash 20 minute tims the address will come up here and it's in the program notes for this youtube video um you can join our patreon from 250 a month up to about seven quid or nine quid a month depending on how you want to pay and in exchange for your support you get hours and hours of additional content podcasts writing blogs most recently we've added a collaboration with the fantastic celtic fans tv youtube channel we are doing at the match reactions on the video as well as podcast reactions so that's patreon.com Slash twenty minute Tim's and it, probably put an address in here. Won't we? Down there, Stephen. I think <laughs> is what, what, what we're going to do. And also, um, whilst you're down there trying to find the Patreon, um, hit subscribe. Uh, I don't know why. A lot of people please say, do it. Yeah, everyone just says subscribe. Smash that button and all that, right, all that I, sort I really, of stuff. Yeah. I really don't know. I really don't know why you need people need people to subscribe to your YouTube. But do it anyway. Melly, pronounce Celtic's last European opponent for us. Jablonic. Stephen, are you happy with that? Is that possible? It's better, isn't right. it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Condescending white. <laughs> he never says it to my face. It's always, it's always in the group chat. In the Discord. Always, always in the Discord. Always, which is another Patreon benefit. You can slag Melly in the Discord. <laughs> right. Jablonic. First of all, Full House. Uh, somewhat yes. I took it. I took a, a bit of issue with Full House. Typical Celtic. So pleased to have all the fans back. I took my seat. And then there was just an empty stand right in front of me. Almost a complete empty stand. And it did feel a bit weird. But it looked brilliant from that stand, though, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. So it's a, you were to get the whole, the full full stand experience if you were looking at mm. us. But unfortunately, we had to look at an empty stand, which is down to kind of in the inexplicable UEFA regulations and stuff like that. Something yeah. I heard that was to do with, to do with UEFA rules. But, Melly... It was almost, it was 97% the Celtic Park experience, wasn't it? Oh, it was brilliant. And uh, me and St- Stephen went along and just going back and it just felt it felt normal again. It just felt like this was it. We're finally getting in there. Because we've been to games and there's been there's been crowds, but nothing like this. And you're back in your normal seat, seeing everybody around you. And even getting to the Hearts game on Sunday, like, it just felt like 
you'd sort of never been away. Every yeah. day was just, mm. it just felt like it hadn't happened. So it was good to be back and even better, the Hoops put on a show. They certainly did, Stephen. Yeah, to, to echo Emily's sentiments there, it's the, uh, it, was, it was strange going to it. It was quite strange because I wasn't really sure what it was going to be like. I had been back, but the 9,000 doesn't really count. That was great to get back, but that, it wasn't the full experience. And I've never really, I've never really known of a game at this stage of the season where it's a kind of run-of-the-mill European qualifier against a not particularly storied opposition where everybody was absolutely buzzing for it during the day. It was yeah, like there yeah. was so much hype going into the game just because, I mean, it's been so long. Some people hadn't been lucky enough to get anything in the ballot, so there, mm. there were people who hadn't been back at all to this point. But it was like there was so much build-up to it. It's almost like the, the playing of the 90 minutes became secondary. Oh, I, like it was, yeah. I would liken it to... Like, if you go to like a festival or something like that, you have such a good time in the campsite, you kind of forget that's not what you paid your money for and yeah. you, you can't go <laughs> yeah. that next day. Yeah. So it's, it was it was a weird experience, but brilliant. And as Melly said, it was it was amazing how how quickly it went from, oh, this is weird, to just as if you'd never been away. It was like, as soon as the song started, and oh boy, did the song start. <laughs> and, oh, I said to Melly, I mean, I'm not going to put a name on it here. I said to Melly after the game, I was like, was it just me? Have I been away so long? Or was that heavy on the old... Songs as if it was only him that heard no, it. Like, Stephen, everybody was no. There was a lot of cultural songs, and <laughs> yeah, it was no. absolutely. I was absolutely there for it. No, I didn't say it was as if it was only me that heard it. Is I thought like, is that just my perception? Is it always like this, or is this particularly heavy on the old the old songs like, of freedom? We, we did request full send, and we <laughs> we more or less we more or less got full send. What I liked about it as well, though, there was a I don't know if it was just my perception, but there was an element of before the game that. Even for the fans, like we need to make this as good as we possibly can. We need to make it for Ange. We need to show these players what they've been missing a wee bit and try and shout the shout the game into life, shout these players into life, and the players responded to it. Yeah, they did. And even like, just touching on the Hearts game quickly, like when I got to my seat at the Hearts game, I had a look around. Like, there was more people at the Hearts game than there was at, at the game on mm. Thursday, just because they could. But usually a League Cup game where you have to pay, you might think people just take it off. But it seems like everybody's buying into this. Yeah. Everybody's getting along. Everybody's desperate to watch Celtic play, and you can see why with the two performances, they were brilliant. And I think the fans are completely on board with it here. Everybody was in a good mood on Thursday. Celtic put in the performance again, and it just seems like everybody's behind Celtic now. We just need a couple of weeks, get a couple more players in, and we're going to be good for the season. I was the, the the performances in the last two games have been absolutely outrageous. Now I've got some things I want to talk about, but I don't think we're going to go down the old route of talking and describing the goals. We're just going to talk about the performances as a whole, single out a few players that we want to talk about that performed well for the last couple of weeks. But we can't talk about the fans and the response the fans got without talking about the response that Joe Hart got oh. for the fans for making those two saves. <laughs> yeah, anyone who would have heard our reaction to it, we did the At The Match podcast for it, of course, myself and Melly. And Melly remarked on it that I sit, we don't sit beside each other. I sit slightly in front and to the right of, of Melly. And he said after it, I got out of my seat four times in the game, so three goals and one when was when Joe Hart made that second save. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, and see, seeing it back, I say I kind of wondered about this at the time. Seeing it back, they look like two saves you should be making, right? Mm. I mean, one well, was yeah. one was better than the other. Yeah. The the point blank volley was a pretty impressive save. The first one was just kind of it just got his hands to it, but in a way, it doesn't matter. It doesn't no. matter that they were routine saves. What what was important was the. The response that elicited in the stadium. What what was important was that the fans are fully buying into this guy who had a mixed reception when he signed for Celtic because mm. everyone's a bit kind of oh, Joe Hart, Joe Hart of maybe five or six years ago, but no, no. But we've been talking about keepers endlessly for seasons now, for at least two seasons now, and 
I've missed saves. <laughs> I've missed saves more than goals. Exactly. Oh, fucking well, what, what, what Joe Hart got after that save was no different, or would have been no different, rather, in my opinion, to if Barkas had done the same thing. The trouble is he hasn't yeah, done that, right? So. I mean, we have been fully behind Barkas in the stadium when we went to the Mitulin game. Anytime he was coming out and just claiming any cross, mm. any routine cross, people were getting right behind him and cheering him and all that. But the problem is, there's no way he would have saved that. And no. I know that sounds terribly harsh, but there's, it's been there's so no evidence. It's been so long since I've seen a save, right? Yeah. See, when Joe Hart touched that with his hands, I was like, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> yes. <Is he laughs> are you allowed to touch <laughs> with your hands? Oh, you're allowed to touch with your hands, Melly. Yeah, they, they were decent saves, but the, the thing I liked about them was they were, were quite point blank and they were quick shots. So it, it was reactions from them. And mm. you're just sort of expecting most of the time recently we've seen that, oh, there's another goal. That's it. <laughs> mm. And it's, it's, maybe we'd have taken something away from it. But it just shows you, look, it takes takes a lot for Celtic to get a clean sheet there now because defence has been a bit patchwork recently. We haven't had the goalkeeper, but that just shows you what a difference a goalkeeper can make. Celtic would have won that game no matter what. They would have went through in the tie, but keeping two clean sheets in a row was quite important and it just it sort of gives you that confidence. Look, we've seen Barkas, we've seen Bain. I can't remember Barkas ever making a significant save. No. I've already seen a couple from Joe Hart in a couple of games. And look, Celtic dominate a lot of games, so there won't be a lot for him to do. But when he was called upon, he did exactly what you asked yeah. your keeper. It's not hard. This is the way it should be. We've battered down by uh, low expectations. Wildly celebrating any routine saves. But have you seen the video that was doing the rounds a few days ago of Barkas involved in a shooting drill? Yeah. Now, that was framed a bit unfairly. Yeah. To anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a video taken from the stand of Barkas taking part in what looked like a goalkeeping drill mm. and he just wasn't going for any ball. He was at best sticking his foot out and the ball would hit his foot and go into the top I, corner. I don't really, I was trying to, so, so that was, as you say, that was a that was a shooting drill. I just don't know why the goalkeeper was there. I know, why, why just... Why Is he just there to pick the ball out the net or something? I, I don't know, but it turned out it wasn't as bad as it initially seemed, but the trouble with that is if anyone sees that kind of thing, people are just going to go, well, obviously, that's how he <laughs> yeah. plays anyway. He just, just stands there, stands there like a fridge with eyes <laughs> in the middle of the game. So, uh, it's, it's a relief. I mean, Joe Hart has had his... He's had these shaky moments as well, and we're going to obviously talk about his use of the ball with his feet, which mm. is not which is less than ideal. But to have come in and made two, let's face it, quite important saves. The game was comfortable in the end, but you don't really want to the, let them in uh, under any circumstances at all, if well, you can at all well, avoid it. Were you concerned it. about the ball? I mean, I, when I was at the game, there was a couple of things I noted from Joe Hart. One, um, with the saves, obviously. Two, with the, the ball at his feet, and we're going to talk about that. And three, we can talk about... There was a couple of times where it was... I mean, he bollocked... Starfield for, for for making an arse or something absolutely yeah. bollocked him and then Starfield apologised and all that and that was that was good to see someone with a bit of command and presence in the box but so I was watching the, the game watching him with the ball at his feet and I thought one he was involved in a lot he was getting the ball quite a lot he was yeah. coming for it and the, he was getting involved in the, the sort of cro passing the ball from side to side there was nothing too challenging his long kicking was okay not brilliant but then when I came back and I read the read the online and did the old Twitter reaction I thought did I watch a different game because everyone's like well it's pretty obvious Joe Hart can't play with his feet and I thought I don't know if it's that obvious I don't know if he's that bad there was a couple where he really did look poor on it and just didn't look comfortable but it's, it's, it's a, early days for him as well isn't yeah. it in this yeah system. yeah but it, it wasn't as if there were like hard passes there was mm. uh, points in the game where look 
opponents weren't great, but they did press Celtic a lot more than any teams will in, in Scotland. And there was points where Celtic had to go longer with the kicks and that's where it sort of fell down a bit. So I thought, when, just to, on that going longer, I thought it was weird that the, the target for the long high ball seemed to be Furuhashi, who's 5-7. I thought that was odd from us. I don't know if we've maybe not worked on how to best do that yet, but I, I thought that was a bit of a strange one. Yeah, well, the three guys up top were, were all small and even at the midfield, you've not got any... Uh, winners in there mm. for like high balls but it made me think that maybe going forward and say the Altmar game and that we might be better having Callum McGregor and Soro and McCarthy they are mm. two two sitters so they can drop deep and then we've got maybe four or six players to hit rather than just McGregor sitting with Rogic and Turnbull in front of him because then it will give the, give us more options back there because when we did go long that's when it sort of fell down a bit we are good at playing it out but when we were pressed right in there we sort of struggled a bit and that's where it sort of looked a wee bit poor from Joe Hart but it's, it's not a, look goalkeeper even the Going back, Craig Gordon done it all the time under Brendan Rodgers, but you mm. don't really remember it. It's not as if it was costing us any yeah. chances. The the difference with it being early days with Joe Hart, and it is the the difference is though that it's early days and fully expected from him. If that's yeah. if that's the fear going in that he can't play with his feet in his first few games or like that, then it's kind of to be expected, I suppose. But in a way, people are going to jump on that because one or two of them were bad. But the thing is, this is the way Ange Postecoglou and Celtic are going to play. So yeah. re- really, what we need to do is everyone needs to buy into it, including the fans. And I know that's difficult because the players will buy into it, mm. but the fans need to kind of relax on that kind of thing. It was troublesome at times with, with Craig Gordon. But <coughs> what I would say the difference between Craig Gordon and a couple of those defenders back then, Boyata and all that, is that everyone at least looks confident in trying to deliver it rather than panicking. Craig Gordon just mm. looked looked terrified every time yeah. the ball came to his feet. And number one sweeper keeper could go. Yeah, yeah, and the, 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 the I think what I said at the time is that Craig Gordon, whether you're a keeper or not, the, the way you receive the ball, you should look like any other player, effectively. Mm. Now, I know he's not, he's not a midfielder, but he should make the right, Kind of body shapes or the kind of the right drop his weight down and look to pass the ball. Yeah. Craig Gordon was like bolt upright the entire time and he would just swing his leg at it and it would go out for a throw in. So, what I would say is that it, players look confident. This will, this style of play will break down once, twice, maybe even three yeah. times a game. But no one really ever talks about the, te- the tw- 10, 12 times where it does work and all of a sudden you play it from the back, you suck the press in and all of a sudden Rogic is on the half turn and you're, you're yeah. breaking away. Happened and, a lot. Yeah, it happened several times. So, I there is a lot of negativity surrounded, you know, surrounding that style of play because it looks terrifying yeah. when, when you're there. But I think people need to relax with it a wee bit and let everyone develop into it. David Turnbull, Melly, got on the score sheet twice in the in the match, got on the score sheet twice. Again, I thought David Turnbull had one of his quieter games but managed to pitch up with two great goals. I thought it was uh, Turnbull's best game of the season so far. He's, he's slowly been building up. His performances have been getting better and I thought in this game... There's maybe been some doubts about Turnbull where he can do it at the higher level or if he, he's going to be Celtic's man going forward in that position. But I thought I think he answered a lot of questions there. He looked a class above against a, a fairly decent European team and his two goals were great. But I thought he's just really coming into the, the formation, the way he plays, the way he can receive the ball in the turn. His passing was great and the two finishes were mm. unbelievable. We want to see more from him. He can't, we know he can hit shots from far out, but it was good to see him getting in there when Greg Taylor slips him through. Again, with the formation we play, that's what we want. It was a good run, a good uh, spot from Taylor and a good finish from Turnbull. You want to see him getting more goals inside the box, 
because he, he can do it from outside the box as we've seen later in the game but if he's getting in there making those third man runs it'll cause his uh, teams more problems and I thought this was the game where I thought right Tumble's arrived this season because I think Anne said after the game he's been annoyed at himself because he's not scored yet this yeah. season so look I like that about players he, he's, he's got targets he wants to hit himself and I think Thursday night we've really seen the true David Tumble Two great goals two very satisfying in different ways goals mm. the, the second one was very David Turnbull I thought the, the way he just kind of get his body over it and smashed into the bomb corner we've seen that from him a lot I mean we talk about last season's wild shooting but Turnbull was always was always slightly better slightly more accurate a bit more controlled than Christie when it was at its worst last season but the first goal as I already said Greg Taylor great ball but the, yeah. the finish was it's Kyogo. Aye, it's, it's a Kyogo. Kyogo. I mean, I, I, I immediately thought Romario, but that's because I'm old. Mm. Like people, <laughs> people will be like, oh, who's that? Why you've got that result? <laughs> so people will be like watching this YouTube generation, be like Romario. <laughs> oh wait, he's in his fifties. <laughs> don't don't need to look too far into that. But that's immediately who I thought of. That just a lovely, wee, almost like a wee poke under mm. the, the on Russian keeper. But yeah, now that he's back, I can only do wonders for his confidence let's face it, I mean this team is getting better and better and we'll talk about the, the circumstances of the Hearts game of course coming up but the team has very much grown into itself and the first, both of these games that we're going to talk about this week the first half hour are among, the first half hours rather of both games, among the best football I've seen for years for Celtic. It's, now maybe I'm just a wee bit, a wee bit kind of damaged after last season of course because we've not enjoyed a Celtic game for what seems like about two years but Phenomenal in the first half an hour. Every time I'm watching Celtic just now, especially in the opening, you know, half of these games, opening 30, 45 minutes of that games, all I hear in my head is that Mike Top Ange. We don't <laughs> fucking stop. If they want to stop, good, yeah. we take advantage of it, but we don't fucking stop. And I'm like, that's that's what it's like. Watching the Celtic team chase I mean, Furahashi, relentlessly yeah. chasing people down up front. Even players like Tom Rogic now. Listen, this podcast is going to be relentlessly positive, right? Yeah. But I do remember, Stephen, as you pointed out, his pre-match, pre-podcast, nine months ago, yeah. we released a podcast talking about Y'all Must Have Forgot. He got the official Y'all Must Have Forgot last <laughs> season. Yeah. Yes, he did. Tommy Rogic got the old Y'all Must Have Forgot and then went, <laughs> like, his performances just disappeared. But even players like Tom Rogic coming back into the fold, that midfield three, McGregor, Rogic and David Turnbull, you're like, dynamism they've got everything I actually turned to you Mel at one point and said but Tommy's chasing the ball down <laughs> he was like pulling, pulling players back and all that I was like where's this been but ugh, yeah I mean we we'd maybe discussed before the game as well but how there are some managers who know Tom, Tom Rogic really well Postigoglu is probably third behind Neil Lennon and Brendan Rodgers mm. no one else will know Tom Rogic any better so who better to get a, a tune out of him than this guy it's, I was a, as surprised as anyone to see him at the time of the Jablonet game, it was two, but now three games. He started three games recently, and I probably wouldn't have got that last season. I don't know no. if he would have done that the entire entirety of the last two seasons. So, yeah, I, I mean, all, I'm all for him. I'm changing my mind, as a couple of decent results will always do. It will always make you more positive. But if nothing but if but a flip flopper yeah. when it comes to these things. But again, much like we discussed last week, Ralston, I think Tom Rogic has earned the right for me to be like, well. A few weeks ago, I wanted you gone because I thought you were completely finished. But now I'm like, well, he can obviously contribute when he fancies it. But there's a snap to our play at the moment, Mel, as you say. As soon as the opposition team lose the ball, one, two, three passes and we're off. We're off causing danger. Furuhashi's sort of drifting offside, just waiting for the, yeah. the opposition team to play him onside, make these smart runs. We've got cutbacks and tap-ins. Steven's favourite. It's all go. It isn't like... It, Rogic maybe symbolises that because he, he's a guy you don't expect to do that mm. but he's doing it here and we know if you don't buy into this you don't do what Ange is asking you you won't play yeah. and the fact that he's playing shows he is doing that 
Kyogo up front, he is just the main man up there. You oh can you can tell. I, I don't know what his English is like, but he's directing things behind him. He's mm. him and Rogic are usually pressing together, and he's telling Rogic you go and I'll go and language uh, of football, really. Yeah, that's yeah, what you're speaking. That. It? Yeah. It's telepathic, isn't it? Uh, it was brilliant to watch, and as you say, the first half hour, first half, we we overwhelm teams, we blow them away. It's exhilarating. They don't give them a second, and if no. you're doing that and the harder the better teams we play, of course, yeah. but we've not met that great teams yet. But when we're playing against teams who are inferior to us, they'll not be able to handle that. The mm. pressing, the passing, the movement, the tempo, all your favourites. <laughs> teams can't handle it and we've got the better players. So if we can do that, we're going to carve teams open because as soon as we lose the ball, we're trying to win it back. And when we do have the ball, the passing is so quick, so incisive that teams can't get back in and we absolutely shred them. Look, this was 3-0, Hearts were scored 3 could have easily been six in yeah. both of the games like the Dundee game was. Well, the the intensity is dropping off in these games, so that's bound to happen. I mean, it's not it's not caught up with us just yet. Hearts game got more tricky than it should have been eventually, just looking at the, the scoreline. Mm. But I don't think that really reflected the no. performance. But it's what, what, it's the, the thing, what Ange touched on as well, isn't it? About not have, about relying on the same core of players all the time. Exactly my point. Uh, we, we just need a stronger more capable squad that, mm. that's what we need because we, we're using the same players over and over again and we won't have to keep going to the well throughout the whole season for the same 13 or 14 players that's, that's the answer to that the, the answer to the dip in intensity is just fresh legs I mean yeah. it, it sounds like the most obvious thing in the world but that's what it's going to be at the end of the day Have you seen that in, uh, but in the second half when we brought on Beaton and Sorrow ended up midfield and it just that's when Celtic sort of lost the yeah. control in there wasn't it and it sort of faded out but the game was it was well won by them but we just seen but then at the weekend you've seen James McCarthy come on so it just shows you one player in each position just increases the strength and depth we have and it's going to be It'll be good, interesting to see where we end up in this transfer window shuts because yeah. the way we're playing with players who maybe aren't the best now in certain positions, if Ange gets all the players in the positions he wants and we are going to go forward playing like this, it is going to be very well, exciting. That's it. You're looking at this and going, make this happen. This, this is like, just the start. Celtic, make this happen, right? And I, I just want to, you know... We spoke a lot last last season, right? I'm still haunted by last season. I've got PTSD oh, for oh last boy, season, yeah. right? Okay, I've got PTSD from it. I saw Manchun Snus in the street the other day. <laughs> and I had like Vietnam flashback, like, <laughs> like fucking Manchurian Candidate or something, right? So it's, we've got a lot to worry. We've got a lot to worry about, right? And I remember last season we were like, we would beat teams in the bottom six. We'd beat teams in the bottom six and go, right, maybe this is us. And then we play a team in the top six. And then after, I think it might be new pointed out, Stephen. You know, when you look at like a, a group of 12 games, the teams in the bottom six were beaten, the teams in the top six we kind of take points off of. And this is kind of what I feel just now, like, yeah, like Dundee and Hearts, right? They're bottom six level, SPFL. And so we're performing really well against them, but it says to me the model works. And if you get the yep. players in, you get the better players in, then it stands to reason that the manager obviously knows what he's doing. So give them the better players and we'll perform much better against the better teams. The one thing I would say about the opposition is that I, I agree with you. I agree with the overall quality of those oppositions. But purely in the, the circumstances of this, Hearts beat Celtic not what, two weeks ago two. or something like that. And you know, I, th I think that's very much down to circumstances. I say Same with Mityland. I think these teams are beating Celtic right at the right when they're down, basically. Right when the, the perfect stage of their development. Yeah. It's like years ago... To, to use a fighting uh, comparison, Conor McGregor beat Dustin Poirier mm. when 
Porry was just starting out, but now that the two of them are kind of in their athletic peak, Porry has come back and smashed McGregor twice. So it's like I, I feel like that that's that Celtic are coming are coming up while these yeah. teams are beating them, but but we're just not quite ready for them. See, and just on that, see if we were playing Mitchell and during the week instead of Alma, we'd beat them over oh, the two yeah, legs. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. That's that's exactly what I'm getting at. So I think these these games have just caught us on the on the wrong foot a wee bit, and that's down to what was discussed a number of times the the ill preparation for name of my next album by the way yeah, ill, ill preparation but the the poor setup of this season no that's gone it's done there's nothing we can do about it mm. now unfortunately but we're getting better as has been demonstrated by the Hearts game because as I say that team went out and fairly handily beat Celtic just a couple of weeks ago where he's they blew them away again yeah. absolutely blew them away it's interesting me like to see a lot of players. They're now starting to come up to speed with, with the way Ange's working. And I'm looking at the bench the other day and I'm like, well, near Bitton, we kind of know what to expect from near Bitton. We can forget about him. But looking at Soro and Ayeti, especially Albin Ayeti, we'd kind of written him off. I think we'd called him a flop a couple of weeks ago. We just yeah. sort of said, well, he's not really going to come back. But he's he's sort of he's sort of maybe just taking a wee bit longer to get integrated in Ange's team. Do you think he could become an option for us? I'd like to think so because look, you want these players to be good. They've paid a lot of money for him. He came with a decent pedigree as well. And You've seen that he can score goals. Mm. That's not really been in question. It's everything else. It just doesn't look like he's ready to put in the work. But again, if he's being brought off the bench, it shows that he must be doing the work because Andrew yeah. wouldn't play him yeah. if he wasn't. So it'd be nice if he could get fit and firing because the man <laughs> that we always describe as fit and firing, Lee Griffiths, isn't going to get back to that level again. I think we can all accept that. contract that. is looking more and more peculiar by every week that passes, isn't it? I don't think anything could be more of a panic decision I think it's written all over it we were running you've got around. a good record of giving boys contracts <laughs> you were all saying the same about Tony Ralston <laughs> that's, that's very true I'd like to take that back this is an official issue the apology to Tony Ralston for mm. that chat at the start of the season but I mean I, I, I can't even be bothered talking about Griffiths but I think to look back on it now that came when nobody knew anything that was yeah. going on that that was when we were running about with our asses on fire like we've got no players everybody's leaving all the loans have expired Griffiths I oh, just gave him a contract he scored goals in the past and it's I don't know it seems like an absolute crazy decision I get it though I don't, I'm willing it to do well I just I don't really see an awful lot from him I think hopefully if he comes in well, I'll say what about it's slightly different circumstances because he was more mm. more experienced and more expensive than Klamala but mm. what I said about Klamala at the time is see if he gets eight, ten goals this season. I'll consider that a, a relative success if he's kind of in and around the team backing up either Edward Furuhashi, a combination, maybe someone new will come in. If he plays 20 games this season and gets 10, eight, 10 12 goals, mm. fine. You know, it's not it's not great for what the outlay on a player like that was, but we're kind of we're kind of stuck with what we've got at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he's got a long contract and He's got to be looking. I mean, he's not everyone's necessarily going to be a Lee Griffiths or dare I say a bowling goalie. I mean, these two guys look as if they're just not really seeing the future at Celtic anymore. No. Whereas I'll be in a yeti, I think, do you know what? I might as well take a crack at it because it's a long time he's been out of the game. Speak, you know, relatively yeah. speaking, he didn't have much a time at West Ham then came up last year and didn't do much, didn't do much for us. It's one of those, like, you, you really want this guy to do it, but we've seen at the start of the season, he started in pre-season. Captain, then it, captain's mm, in pre-season. came back in and he's fell out, and now you've got Kyogo, and you go, well, Kyogo's a much better player, so... But, again, it's wee bit of injuries here and there. We've seen Abada miss out, we've seen Christie miss out recently, Forrest been injured, Mikey Johnson, Dembele. We need plenty of options up mm. there, because... 
we're going to get injuries. There's going to be times we need to re- uh, give players a rest. So if we could get him, if we could get him going, it would be great to have because I think he could be a good goal scorer. But the longer it goes on without him starting games, the harder it's going to be for him. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Next up was Hearts, a bit of revenge, as you said, Stephen. They kind of got us at the right time. Um, well, they got us at the wrong time this weekend. Oh, boy, did they. Hi, that was a, a perfect opportunity to go out and settle a few scores, right <laughs> a few wrongs. Um, the Cup's important. The Cup's going to be important this year because the, we were absolutely dreadful in them last season. Absolutely dreadful. <laughs> Put it in the, the huge pile of competitions mm. that we were pitching last season. The, the League Cup is another one of them. But to get hearts at this very early stage was quite opportune. I thought it was it was quite a good time because not only was it, as I say, got the opportunity to right a few wrongs, but it's quite a good test, seeing as they've already already beaten us. So mm. to go out and completely blow them away in the first half hour Jeez. as well, hearts were. I mean, as I say, I can only chalk it down to or chalk it up to Celtic having not been ready for the first one mm. because I watched that hearts team and I was like, these this is terrible, yeah. absolutely dreadful. It was just like. I mean, it's nothing new from for a Celtic point of view, but to watch a team sit in as much as that was criminal. It's just tragic to watch. They've got a couple of decent players that banging gimme. <laughs> Forgive me if I'm butchering that, mm. but I, I, I think I'm pretty sure I've absolutely nailed that. I'm, I, I'm sure I'll let you know next week if you have. <laughs> banning banning gimme. Uh, yeah. Still a, doesn't sound like a uh, word. No, I'm just, <laughs> make, just making nasal, nasal noses, um, nasal sounds with my nose. But... Um, he was a cracking player. He he turned up and looked looked great in the, the first game. But they've got a couple of decent players in there. But by and large, their, their style of play is absolutely brutal. So I'm glad that that was 
no obstacle whatsoever. Mm. Just went out and blew them away again because sometimes you can see, I mean, under Neil Lennon, you could see teams sitting in like that and we just make an absolute laboured chore of it mm. where we're just passing back and forward and then shooting for 35 yards. But it wasn't, that wasn't the case at all. We just broke them down, systematically broke them down and rolled over the top of them, really. Melly, that front three, when Celtic came out, I put on the, I might have said this in the podcast last week, I definitely had the discussion, do you think we could see a Yeti, Edward and Furuhashi up front? And that was kind of poo-pooed. Um, but we got Jamesy Forrest, Odson Edward, Jedward, um, <laughs> we got Jedward up front with, with Furuhashi and when I saw uh, when I saw Edward's name in the team sheet up beside Furuhashi I thought God this could be a really exciting partnership yeah we've only seen him well, he came on against Hearts in the first game and he went out left but we've we've seen him right through the middle since then we've always wondered how him and Edward may be doing I think the I think way- Packy Bonner's doing the Google lineups by the way is it Edward? is Edward again? <laughs> I wondered if it would have an effect on Edward's performance because mm. having Furuhashi there, putting in the work, putting in all the pressing, you can't stand there beside a guy and see him doing that and then not give 100% yeah. as well. It's infectious in the crowd and, and the rest of the players. So it was good to see that. Forrest sort of coming in slowly but surely as well. He's got a couple of goals now and all that. So it, look, it's one or two changes within Celtic but the same style the same pace the same intensity it's brilliant to watch in that first half hour like Stephen said Hart sat in and we've seen it last season it's going to be a stodgy game where we're probably going to try and nick a goal for somewhere but for a team that sat in we still ripped them apart yeah. and found space and that well, is down to the players movement and speed of thought and speed of play well that's what I was going to say because again very early days but you're watching a team sitting against us like Hearts and absolutely munched them just tore right through them they didn't know what to do John could play anywhere even in the Premier League Suter didn't have a clue what to <laughs> no, do against right, us right. and I'm thinking to myself other teams must be watching this because they've very quickly figured out how to play against Neil Lennon's team right mm. other teams must be watching this going right so sitting in doesn't work and we certainly don't have the players to go toe to toe with them how do we how do we come up with a solution for this? Derek McInnes will be sitting at home going, I, I know, man, man marking lads, you've overlooked, you've overlooked a, a kick them. <laughs> now we've gone through teams like uh, hot piss through snow. <laughs> <laughs> a chilling image, I'm sure. I'm sure you're like hot piss through. I was snow. cornered. I was uh, cornered. And uh, I had to come up with something. Celtic of the piss in this. <laughs> I've seen analogy. <laughs> Jesus, but, no, I, I don't. I don't know how. Teams are frankly, it's no our problem to, to care about how teams are going to somehow mm-hmm. negate this this Celtic team when they're flying like that. Maybe it is just a, a case of hoping that they'll tire themselves out, hoping that Celtic will somehow punch themselves out in the first half an hour and then try and take advantage. But no such luck. It conceded a couple of goals, of course, in this, but that kind of goes back into the the debate over you know we just need a stronger defence. Quite frankly, at the end of the day, but um, it, it was so comfortable. I just the biggest problem that Hearts had was Michael Stewart and commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Michael oh. Stewart had a mad one. He Did had they? an oh, I had oh. an absolute mad one. The, the, the goal, the Welsh's goal. Mm. So it was a short corner taken to Edward, and Edward turns crosses it for Welsh to majestically lead it head, head home. Mm. Michael Stewart talked himself into like a two minute breakdown about how that should have been offside because they, they took the corner and played it forward and I'm like has he lost, lost his mind <laughs> that's completely impossible and then I think he must have had a producer in his ear telling him what are you talking about Michael, like, you're talking piss <laughs> <laughs> so this is absolute piss you're talking find a way out of this <laughs> you, you can't be you can't be offside from a corner but Michael Stewart just started farting on about it anyway but the only man that actually says should of yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have and should have. Should have and could have. He actually says that. Just to go back a wee bit, Melly, on your point about Odson Edward, and, and Ryan Christie kind of falls into this camp a wee bit for me as well. The players must have sat last year and thought, 
where's this club going? <laughs> we go for Brendan Rodgers to Neil Lennon. We're getting pummeled left, right and centre. We're no winning games. They're out of every competition. There's a malaise about the play. They must have been looking at going, where is this going? And, sorry to jump in there, and they've, they've gone out and appointed a, an absolute no-mark yes-man from Japan. And all. That was the perception <laughs> at the time. This, yeah, oh, this guy's a bold have, puppet and all but that. There would, have been a, there would have been a bit of like... You know, Odson Edward and, and maybe Ryan Christie, maybe Ryan, the, the boys would speak to Tom Rogic and find out what the new incoming manager's like, but there will be a bit of, right, okay, well, what's going on? And there's the, the Eddie Howe thing was a disaster, and they're just like, what's going on here? And then slowly they start to see, right, okay, well, maybe there's, there's something about this manager, and Rogic starts saying, and they're talking to their pals in the game that are aware of him, and they're going, no, there's maybe something about this guy, and then we start to bring in... Like we're starting to bring in Furuhashi. The players, I mean, Ryan Christie and Odson Edward, the play, guys that are playing with Furuhashi, I've not seen a player plays the way Furuhashi plays football at Celtic for a long time. The oh. relentless energy, the quality in his finishing, his passing, his, everything is just relentless and top quality. And I'm like, I've never really seen a player in the mould of that. And I'm trying to think who's like comes comes close. And I'm not really sure yet, but they must look at this guy and go, okay, well, maybe this club is going somewhere. We're bringing in good players. We've just signed Starfield for Ruben Kazan for five million quid. And now, he's had a bit of a patchy start, yeah. but he's an expensive, experienced player. So these players might be going, do you know what? There's maybe something worth hanging about for here. At least it's re-energised them and think we're not doing it all ourselves because we know footballers are always curious about what other players are coming into the club. Who am I going to be playing alongside here? Yeah, it's huge, yeah. It's, it's a big issue. And I'm thinking now, maybe just this wee, wee bits of quality left and right coming into the squad has maybe revitalised a player like Edward because he looked right on it. It did look good and I think it just sort of goes back to something Stephen touched on last year where under Neil Lennon what we always spoke about was there wasn't a style of play there was no definitive style yeah. of play for Celtic if if it went wrong the players had to do better because they're good players they should go out and win these games whereas Celtic have got a clear style everybody knows their jobs everybody knows what they're doing and they're doing it and they're doing it well and it just feeds into everybody else that Ryan Christie is made for a Furuhashi team. He's made for an Ange Postacoglu team and Odson Edwards that good a player. If you put him in this system he can do well because mm. he is top quality and we've seen that from the goal the front three even the, the pass through from Turnbull before it gets yeah, to Kyogo yeah. is, takes out a load of players the outside of the foot from Kyogo across the forest see when he played the outside I was sitting in here right watching that outside of the foot pass for Kyogo and uh, this is what you heard <laughs> <laughs> and even when it gets to forest he has a look up and Edward busting his neck to get in there and just taps it home like there's nobody that can live with that and if Celtic can put these chances on a plate for Edward he will score them mm. it's when he's running himself and tries to beat 3-4 players that he looks bad but if we can be that incisive and get through Edward can thrive in this team whether he's here or whether he goes it doesn't really matter now we've got Kyogo there it's all about if it's up to what happens to him but if he stays I'd be happy enough if he goes. He goes with my best wishes now because I don't think we can say he's no interested because he's looked good in the, yeah. the times yeah. he's played recently. Andy Hardy had a good game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Another half for Andrew. <laughs> when, the, when the second half... <laughs> he's been subbed at half-time twice again, hasn't <laughs> he? See, when the, the second half started and Andy Hardy wasn't there, I was like, I was like oh, wait a minute, guys. Mm. Something's wrong. We need to stop the half. Andy Hardy hasn't turned up. Just <laughs> Let's just make sure he's okay because there's no way he's been taken off at half-time. I refuse Lovely to believe that. Lovely the, the sub came on. <laughs> 
because <laughs> obviously Halliday didn't come out, so we didn't know who was off. And the hearts change. Off goes Andy Halliday. Did, did, um, did Ralston do him? Kyogo did, did as well. well yeah. Furahashi nailed him an absolute belter. See, just on that, I remember a couple of seasons ago when we did our, our bold predictions for the season. Christie was in really great form. And I predicted them to get double figures in goals, assists, and bookings. Yes. Kyogo's starting oh, to get into that kind of mode mm. of things. He's very, very enthusiastic. Get maybe a little bit. He'll get sent off this season. Oh, 100%. And it's maybe just a little bit of over exuberance because, I mean, it's going to happen playing in front of that kind of crowd. But do you know what? As long as it's even, because this is a rough yeah. league. And he's going to get it. Yeah, so yeah. As long as the refs, see, if, uh, see if the refs are prepared to, you know, give him a booking for the odd rash. Tack. It needs to be both. It needs to be both ways because he's going to get. They're going to try and ragdoll him. Yeah, I mean, even that that holiday one's a very specific example. But the the one against Yablonek where he he got booked because he committed two fouls basically in the space of about ten yards. He pulled someone's jersey and yeah. then and then committed a foul at the end of it as well. That's a little bit just. Just ill discipline, just getting a wee bit carried away. Stephen Welsh is still a little bit rash as well. He's got he's got himself into a couple of needless bookings recently as well. Sorrow as well. Yeah, well sorrow big time. But it's, um, but that that will calm down. I'm sure Furahashi will, will settle into it and he'll get a little bit more accustomed to his surroundings because he's going to receive a lot. He's going to get a lot. Let's face it, he's going to get kicked up and down the park in this country and he'll receive no protection whatsoever. There's your conspiracy chatter. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's have in the comments, Hans. There's your talking point for this week. But it's, it's bound to happen, and he's given a, a little bit back, which is good to see, but there's no doubt he'll, he'll eventually get about 10 or 12 bookings this season. Just on uh, Kyogo, and look, everything about him, when he gives away fouls, when he doesn't get a foul, everything about him is so enthusiastic. I've never seen somebody come in and just become an instant hero like this mm, at Celtic mm. Park. Like, every time he's doing something, he misses a chance of that. Or he, he was geeing up the crowd a wee bit yeah. the, during the weekend at the weekend there. And you're just like, everybody has completely bought into this guy in a matter of weeks. Like, just, it's unbelievable to watch. He's so good, so enthusiastic. And when you put all that together and just, he seems like a likeable wee guy, it is incredible to watch because all that there, and he's absolutely dynamite at football. Yeah, yes, I'd say uh, the goal got chopped off. Um, the other night against Jablonek where it was marginally off. Can he off. too nice? I know, it's marginally offside, but when it went in, it was a lovely finish as well, having seen it back. He, kept, he stood there before it got chopped off. That spotted the flag quite early on, unfortunately, but before it was clear that he'd been chopped off, he kind of just stood there. He stood there, it was almost like the Cantona. Yeah. Thing. He just kind of stood there and let the crowd just kind of, just bask in it. And I was like, oh, this guy, he's just, he's got absolute hero written all over him. And, you know, he's only played a few games, but, yeah, I mean, it's like it's almost like the opposite of the Starfelt conversation we'll probably end up having tonight. But it's like you don't want to judge a player after two games. But I'm, that would be crazy uh, yeah. to say that before Ashley. Or don't judge him because he might be crap after after well, this. Piece. I mean, Brilliant. you mentioned it. Might as well bring it up. Starfield has come in. You know, we were kind of encouraged by his arrival because I was going out. We thought, okay, we well, went and bought a ready-made replacement. He's had a bit of a shaky start, mm-hmm. hasn't he? The Jablonek game, I thought it was his best game so far. Then the Hearts game. I don't know, there's just something about him where you just think he's going to make a mistake. I don't know if it's just he's working his way up, but yeah. he's played enough games now. They have all been in quick succession, so it might be just getting used to his surroundings or that. But there is there is wee doubts about him. He's sort of passing. He looks a bit lax sometimes. He's got a weird technique. But the when he gives away the penalty for the Hearts one, that 
I can't remember Joe Hart making a save. I can't remember Hearts having a chance where you thought, oh, they might get back into this game. And it was just a, a silly one to give away that allowed them back into the game when 2 0, it should have been 4 or 5 to Celtic. They were that good. And it gave Hearts a wee edge back into the game when really they didn't have anything. It was just. The, the, Stephen said that earlier we just need better defenders, but that goal wasn't anything to do with MD apart from Starfield. Yeah. It was just mm. a lapse in concentration where he should know somebody could nick in here. He has to be thinking quicker on his feet. So, look, Hearts got back into the game and got a last-minute goal, but they didn't really deserve to score in the no. game and to give a goal, goal away like that is pretty poor. Hopefully, it was better for him in the long run because that's his mistake. He learns from it and moves on, but good game then a not so great game I want to see a bit more consistency from him I think I've been I've been fairly generous with him a few the few weeks he's been here I think it was maybe last week I described him as you know he looks a little bit shaky but he's heavily involved he's got mm. a lot of the ball and then it was uh, he's quite shaky but he looks to make quite crisp incisive passes and then it was like uh, he's quite shaky but <laughs> and, now, and now he's becoming well he's, he's just a little bit shaky he just looks mm. quite uncomfortable I wondered if it was maybe just his kind of his running style or his gait or something mm. that makes him just look a wee bit cumbersome but he just looks quite uncomfortable. And I saw a little bit of chat on a Celtic, some Celtic forum or other where they speculated that he just doesn't belong on the left. And I was like, well, I find that... How much does that matter sometimes? Well, it probably does to an extent, but I, f I would find it implausible that Celtic would go out and find a guy and immediately just bring him in and play him in the wrong position. Yeah, so he played there for Ruben. Exactly. So I, I would find it baffling if Celtic went out and got a guy completely unsuited for the position and forced him into it. Incidentally, Christopher Ayer playing centre-half for Brentford in their win over Arsenal. What they've they, they've they missed doing? a trick there. <laughs> missed a Honestly, trick. They need to, they, there's a couple of Celtic guys on Twitter that the Brentford scouting machine nearly get in touch with <laughs> because he's a midfielder. I can't believe they're making that same mistake. Hey, do you think Ayer for Starfield, do you think it's a serious drop in quality, Melly? Uh, uh, well, I think that it is a drop in quality, but I don't think that's a, any sort of slight on Starfelt just because that Christopher Ayer is a mm. really, really good player for Celtic and I think he'll probably get a higher scene than Starfelt. He is younger than him, so I think Ayer was a really good player. I still think maybe Julian or if we bring in another set and a half might help as well, but if over the past two games, three games since he's come in, Stephen Welsh has looked more assured yeah, than him. Yeah. He just slotted back in and that's maybe one thing you can say about Ange is why did you bring Beaton back in for those yeah. games? Because it doesn't look the smartest. Uh, maybe not, but maybe Beaton was due. I, I did think about this when I've seen the Stephen Welsh performances recently, and I think I might put it down to new manager comes in, Beaton is an experienced senior player. Yeah. and It's the only thing it could really yeah. be. And, and he's like, right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go with him, but credit to Ange, almost as soon as yeah. everyone noticed it wasn't working, it stopped. Yeah. You know, if that was Neil Lennon, he would probably Neil Lane would go on Twitter see people don't want Bit on playing and then make Bit on the cap the next game <laughs> just to just to get it up everybody yeah the, the Starfield thing I, I want I want to be very clear about this in the, in the interest of balance it's, it is early days oh, we're, not, we're not making any like lasting or played at a decent level yeah, so. exactly no, we're not making any final judgments on him we're simply talking about the first few games mm. from him which haven't been particularly convincing he could settle in it I, say, I talk about you know, guys coming in, Abada hit the ground running, so did Furuhashi. That's just, that's kind of bad luck for Starfield in that he's probably going to be compared to yeah. these guys in a completely different position because we've had defenders in the past who took a wee while to get going. Van Dyke was one of them, needless to Ayer took a couple of seasons before he was up to speed, but a wee bit younger, of course. But guys like Boyata, I mean, we don't often get defenders who come in and look world-class straight away. So I'm perfectly happy to give him a chance but it's just what we kind of need to call it as we see it at the moment and he hasn't been convincing for the last game or so Callum McGregor captain 
Skipper, aye. What about what about that? When the, the camera focused in on my kit, was that the Yablin Edge game? We've got yeah. e- everyone around this table is a different pronunciation of that team. <laughs> so I cannot wait till we never have to talk about them again. Um definitely said they're out there for us, so we in there for them. I think you might have said fruity language in yeah, there as well. Yeah. Into the, um, <laughs> I oh, I don't know if I can say that. So so he's, he's really taken to this captain's role, Carl McGregor has and I'm I'm I, I was Again, Stephen referencing you, all your best material comes pre-pod. <laughs> yeah. All Stephen's best material comes pre-pod. You, you said, like, you've not really missed Scott Brown as captain. There was, like, worries about influence and all these things that he... I mean, it, again, early days throughout the season, there might be a few games where people go, we need a bit. I have no concerns whatsoever about Cal McGee. He is... He has grown in stature with that captain's armband on him. Are you saying I'm basically the podcast equivalent of a good trainer, but don't turn up in the big game? <laughs> yeah, you're, right? jo- you're the John Kennedy of this podcast. <laughs> oh no, I misunderstood your joke. It's okay though. All right. uh, it, it, no, he, he has grown into it, and it's we, as we were talking before we turned the mics on. It was like it's amazing how how quickly you adjust to any player leaving. I mean, you obviously kind of miss them, especially with the. Scott Brown's record and the amount of appearances he made and the amount of trophies he'd won it goes without saying but it's amazing how quickly you adjust to just them not being there mm. and I, I feel like no one's really even mentioned Scott Brown it's not it's like even when we made the Wopi start to the season I don't think there was anyone really going to see you should never let Scott Brown no, go no. so I think everyone by and large is is quite accepting of the fact well, that it's Callum McGregor's question. team would Scott Brown get in that midfield three? no he wouldn't be playing. No, no, definitely. James McCarthy get a game ahead of him yeah. as well, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah, I, absolutely. But it's 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 testament to Callum McGregor that you know. I mean, not everyone's going to going to like that he's the captain now because I think there was some chat about how he's not he's not vocal enough. So I hope that video that was doing the rounds yeah. kind of puts paid to that idea. He's obviously he's uh, very vocal. He's on the pitch. I was watching yeah. him in, in the European game. Um, he was really vocal, telling people to be careful, calm that he was dictating play from the middle of the park. As, as we've said before, there are different types of leaders. Now, Scott Brown had it busting out of every pore of him. Like mm-hmm. he he was like the absolute embodiment of it. Like, but Callum McGregor can be more subdued more subtle than that but still command the respect of the of his teammates and the management and that's that's the important thing not the looking like he gives like every single yeah. you know the, the whole Scott Brown thing he doesn't have to do that in order to be an effective leader so uh, he, he's been brilliant not only that not only is he like the the leader the the Mr Celtic on the pitch now that Scott Brown's gone He's just a brilliant footballer. And oh, it's just, just absolutely tremendous. And I know he didn't play particularly well last season, but no one did. So I think we can basically just write that off. Mm. But the start to the season he's had now, I think he's, I think he's looked absolutely terrific. And quite aside from the Scott Brown debate, to me there has been almost nothing out there about how we need we need a, a, a physical central dominant central yeah. midfielder in there. We need like a big might defensive come. maybe, yeah. It might come. I mean I wouldn't be against it because we need we need options, we need yeah. different types of players for McCarthy different roles. Will be that role, won't he? Yeah, but no no one has been screaming out for the oh we need a Wanyama in there mm-hmm. and that because I, well you do. Let's face it would be nice. But Callum McGregor has taken upon that role, which I mean, nothing about Callum McGregor suggests like dominant central defensive midfielder, but he's an, he's effective in other ways, extremely mm. effective in other ways, and he can play a variety of roles in there. But he's just it, it's his midfield now, and I'm glad he's he's taken to it. Just on that, when I was doing the reaction with Paul from Celtic Fans TV, he turned it on me and asked me what I think Cal McGregor's. But do I prefer him in the six or just that wee bit further forward in the eight? And it didn't really matter to me. He's brilliant in both. What would you yeah. say? I prefer him just the way I prefer my footballers. I like him a wee bit more back with the game in front of him and the six being the fulcrum, yeah. always always accepting dictating the play for the back. I'm I'm not sure. I think look, he's brilliant at that position. Maybe 
I think there's going to, with Ange, we've seen already, there's going to be different things he does mm. going by different opponents in these games. Home games against teams we'd expected to beat. I think Cal McGregor could play in there, but during the week, maybe Altmar, I think he'll maybe bring in McCarthy or Sorrow and change it up. But I think Cal McGregor, we've seen at the start of the season when he was playing in number eight, he contributed goals, he was getting forward a lot more, and he can do that. But looking at it, Tom Rogic, you're not going to get a season out of him. We can't. No. We know from him, we can't rely on him to play every week, so we're going to need options in there. But eight or six, he's, he'll... He plays eight or a six and he plays a nine out of ten every week. We'll see if Callum McGregor was on one of those Soccer AM videos where they're doing the crossbar challenge or whatever. They go out and... <laughs> remember the Soccer AM? <laughs> yes. Oh my Goodness God. Goodness me, how, how very 90s that was. Awful. But, oh, but uh, if you know, they come forward, talk to Cameron, give their position, mm. Callum McGregor would just say, Callum McGregor, football. <laughs> yes, everywhere. <laughs> Do you remember Neil Lennon's when he done that? <laughs> Neil Lennon hungover? Yeah. Uh, yeah obviously. Yeah. Right. There <sighs> we go. Um, you, you mentioned it, Melly, Alkmaar. Now, a couple of weeks ago, it was a foregone conclusion um, that we were going to get put out by Alkmaar. That, that was the, oh God, they're never going to make it. This is yeah. why we should have beat Maryland. Altmar are coming up and Altmar are a strong team, finished third in the league last season. They played one league game this season already. They haven't won it. How do you feel a couple of weeks on with these at Altmar on the horizon? I'm really looking forward to it. I think a couple of weeks ago you went, oh no, we could be conference. But with this one, it's like, do you know what, Celtic, as you spoke about, we haven't played that many good teams yet. Mm. This will be the test. I want to see how Celtic do against this team, but I'm not going into this with any fear. I think Mm -hmm. we'll have to respect them. I think it'll be a hard game. And look, Celtic might not win the tie. They might go out. But that, I think that will just be because Alkmaar are a bit more prepared than yeah. Celtic. Again, if we got them in the group stage or whatever down the line this season, I think we could beat them. But the game's there. We have to go and play our game. And look, the way Celtic play, we're going to create chances. So it's about taking them. It's just the defence still leaves a wee bit of worry. But like, yeah. every game now, I'm excited about going to see Celtic. And that's all I can ask. That's I, all I can ask. Just on the preparation, Stephen, I would like to see us a bit more prepared. You know, the... I know you can only do so much to influence transfers. Ange has been saying after every the last two games how much he needs the players in and how yeah. he's looking for. You know, we had um, a right back on loan from Man City. Or pre- pre- we tried to get a right back on loan from Man City. He was at the Yablonet game. Jan Kuto, I yeah. think his name yeah. was. Uh, all accounts, as we record this, he sort of decided he doesn't want to do that. After getting a free VIP treatment as well. Absolutely. We could all We're working on other targets and all that. And that's it. Again, I'm just looking at this game and I think, see if we were just a wee bit more prepared. We, we probably would stand a better chance. But, you know, we've got a play with the cards we've been dealt. Well, there's another way to say that. I and was, I'll refrain from YouTube doing it. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to avoid that. Yeah, um, and also, I've already made the joke along those lines earlier on today. So Yes. Um, uh, yeah, the, the increased level of performance in the last couple of games has you know covered a, a multitude of sins, mainly the transfer stuff. It's kind of taken the focus away from that. Mm. And just still talking about it publicly, about how he needs players in. But we're all high on life talking about how great this attacking formation is, how how great the first half of this game was, you know, how, how great this goal was. We've kind of taken our eye off the ball with that a wee bit. Meanwhile, if, if the performances hadn't been quite as good, we might have been talking about, I can't believe I've not got a right back in at this time yet. Mm-hmm. So there is, there's definitely that. We Ange having spoken so publicly about it, he expects one or two in at this point. That seems to have fallen by the wayside, right? So that's probably back to not quite good enough. The I agree with Melly on this game. I think I'm only concerned about where Celtic are in their development yet. Jamie, you've been saying all along that we've not been playing the best of opposition mm-hmm. to be... You know, What's important to acknowledge here is that the way Celtic have been 
blowing these teams away. It's not just we're not just flat track bullying them. Yeah. It's not like I mean, the, the style of play and the, the the manner in which we've been beating these teams is important. But I do agree that it's not the greatest of tests. We might come up against Altmar and find what we found against Midtjylland, what we found against Hearts. We just weren't quite ready for it. Mm. That's my only concern going in because Celtic are playing an awful lot better at the moment. Whether we see those old concerns or those old weaknesses reveal themselves again because those guys are just... I mean, they're no world beaters. They're not, yeah. you know, they're not PSG or anything like that, but they might be a little bit better off in terms of their, their preparation for the game. Not in terms of fitness, not in terms of competitive games played, but just by having a settled, a more settled team, perhaps. Yeah. Those are my only concerns about going I mean, in it's n- sort of no harm, no foul. We, we're not, we never expected at any point to get past Alkmaar. Um, were we a wee bit more prepared? Were we a wee bit further on? The team's a wee bit further down the line. I'm expecting us to perform a lot better than I, than I first did. I thought it was just yeah. going to be a, a foregone conclusion for Altmar and they would just breeze right through us. But it's good. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I think it's back to actual full house at Parkhead. Back to Parker's. Um, <laughs> that will get us taken off YouTube. Probably, <laughs> the algorithm has just cancelled it. So. Back to Parker's for a full house against Altmar, and and this is what, what the feel good factor is back about the club now. And it just it's amazing how quickly things turn around. We just need to keep the board. Just need to give Ange the tools to do this job. That is the, yeah. the that is the priority now. He needs to get the players in that he wants. In a sense, the board must be raging that we're so fully behind Ange already. They're like, oh God, we better get a move on. Yeah. <laughs> the fans, the fans yeah. that, we, should have, we should have put Lennon back in and they would have been fighting with the manager instead of us now. But I, I mean, I've never... There, there's obviously been Tommy Burns and all that in the past and Brendan Rodgers, Martin O'Neill, but the, the amount of buy-in from the fans, because like, th- this is in the social media age, of course, yeah, when, yeah. whereas not all of them were, but the amount of people who are just fully behind Ange already, so that's uh, even, all it does is heat pressure on the board. Even people that, that we've got a few, I've got a few mates or a couple of people in the Discord who have put in apologies and said, look, I'm on board now. The way Celtic are playing, it's yeah. the best we've watched in a long time. So the fans are completely behind this. That it's going to be rocking on Wednesday night. It's going to be as full as it can be, whatever it is, seats we need to give up or whatever that. But the disco lights will be on. Mm. The, the atmosphere on uh, Thursday night was absolutely yeah. brilliant. Everybody back, even on uh, Sunday there, uh, the place was bouncing at some points because of the way Celtic were playing. And it's going to be like that again on Wednesday night. I just can't wait. And look, that'll spook Altmar as well because yeah. it, it will happen. At some point, teams will be like, hold on a minute. And it's good to see all of this in there and coming together because it's been a long time coming last season, not getting to the games. But even if we had it, they were crap to watch. Now we're there and it's brilliant to watch. And if Celtic go out, it will be down to the fact that they just aren't good enough at this point, probably. And on that, seems like a terrific place to wrap up. Thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in the last couple of weeks. Uh, honestly, the reception this season has been great. All the comments and the YouTube are great. So uh, um, Some of them are. Some of them are. We're no. going to be walking a line tonight, I reckon, with Parkers and you know a couple of the Hun conspiracy theories. and all. Oh, I reckon the, the Huns in the chat love it. They yeah. are, the Huns <laughs> in the chat love it. Look, if you like this podcast and you want to see some more video and podcasts, from us patreon.com slash 20 minute times that's how the wheels keep rolling on this melee would you like to say goodbye goodbye Stephen would you like to say goodbye yes I'm going to do it to camera for once goodbye (laughs) thank you for watching and listening hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter that's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.